Before we dive into today's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this content is intended for general purposes only and should not be used to substitute professional medical advice. Always seek the advice of your medical service practitioner based on your unique needs. Hi, this is Kelly, your nutritional nerd, bringing you the health news you want to hear for the week of May 17th, 2021. This month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And with that in mind, I thought I would spend a little bit of time talking to everybody today about mental health versus mental illness and what the difference is between these two ideas. Let me start off with a couple of questions for you. First, what is the state of your mental health? Do you happen to have a mental illness or does someone you love? Now we do throw these words around, the mental illness and mental health. They get tossed around quite a bit and the terms are often used interchangeably, but what do they really mean? And what's the difference? Keep listening to discover what constitutes a mental illness, the prevalence of mental illness today, and actionable steps you can take to help improve your mental health. First, let's start by taking a look at the difference, mental illness versus mental health. Most people have mental health concerns from time to time. If we experience loss or disappointment, we may feel down or in a, in a funk for, for a few days. We might be not be motivated to do anything or see anyone. We may even stop eating or eat more than usual. This is normal and part of how we individually cope with the ups and downs of life. And it does not necessarily mean that we have a mental illness. So what is a mental illness and what exactly is our mental health? Well, let's start with the latter, our mental health. It basically refers to our mental well-being. It impacts how we feel, how we think, how we act, as well as how we relate to others, handle stress, and make choices in life. In other words, our mental health refers to our ability to navigate the world, to solve problems, to overcome life's challenges, to understand what's happening in the world around us, and to remain socially connected. Because our mental health is an integral part of our overall health, we should take good care of it. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, as I mentioned earlier, so now is as good a time as any to consider, to consider the state of your mental health. Well, what does a positive mental health look like? Attaining a state of positive mental health or a state of mental well-being is something we all strive for for, or at least should strive for, it includes being balanced in all areas of health, emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual. It can look different to each one of us, but it generally includes some attributes, like having and maintaining caring relationships, having a place to call home, 
being part of a supportive family or community, being part of a productive work or school environment, participating in restful or leisure activities that we enjoy, and being able to cope with life's up and downs. Balance in any one of or all of these areas will have the ability or sorry, while we have the ability and tools to cope when there's a shift in balance generally means that we have attained a state of mental well-being. That said, today we may feel level and balanced, but tomorrow we could be thrown for a loop. It's how we handle life's curveballs or those loops that help determine how positive our mental health actually is. Being in balance also means not allowing our emotions to either run too high or too low. Additionally, our mental health is highly influenced by the relationships that we possess with family, friends, and our environment. Stressors or abrupt changes in any of these areas, whether it's at home, school, in the community, in the world around us, all of these things can also impact our mental health. Feeling stressed or anxious about something can be a regular part of living and does not indicate a problem. However, if stress, sadness, or anxiety continually increases to the point where it impacts your daily life, then that mental health concern can become a mental health disorder. It should be taken seriously at this point, and support should be sought when needed. One place that many people don't even think to look for support is in their kitchen. As a health coach specializing in neuronutrition, helping people navigate their mental health and well-being by considering what they put on their fork is exactly what I do. The right foods can either help promote positive mental health or fuel the problem at hand. Food can be the absolute best medicine or food can be the worst poison for the brain. Now, I'm going to invite you to make sure that you check back next week as we continue our series on Mental Health Awareness Month and take a look at next week's um, podcast and a blog for general foods that can help. And I also invite you that if you could use some additional support in discovering what specific foods are best for you and your individual needs to please contact me and also recognize the fact that it is never too late to get started. If you are interested in contacting me, you can find the link in the description below. And my email is very simple, kelly at happyhuman.com. And that's happy with an I. But in the meantime, Let's dive into a little bit more information about mental illness and some tips on how to mantle or sorry on how to manage a mental health disorder better. First, what is mental illness? Well, according to the Mayo Clinic, mental illnesses or mental health disorders refer to a range of conditions or disorders that negatively affect our mood, thinking, and behavior. So when we think of mental illness, common ones often come to mind. 
depression, um, anxiety, eating disorders, addictive behaviors, and schizophrenia, for example. So for more information about anxiety specifically and ideas on how to cope with anxiety, make sure you check out last week's blog on happyhuman.com because it's all about uh, nine tips on how to manage your anxiety naturally. So regardless of which mental illness you or a loved one or a neighbor, uh, a colleague or a friend might be dealing with, any one of them can create problems in your daily life and make even seemingly simple chores a challenge. Because mental illnesses affect our mood, thinking, and behavior, symptoms of mental illnesses can also affect our emotions, thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors or actions. And just like the illnesses themselves, the signs and symptoms can vary from person to person, as well as from day to day. Now, the symptoms depend mainly on the particular disorder, the individual circumstances, and then some other factors, such as the environment, the situation, and a person's genes. But some common signs and symptoms of mental illness might be things like sadness, feeling down or depressed, having extreme mood changes, highs and lows, feeling confused, maybe having a reduced ability to concentrate. Uh, you may feel extreme feelings of guilt, uh, have excessive worries or fears. You might find yourself withdrawing from family or friends. You may lose interest in activities that you used to enjoy. You might be extremely fatigued or have very low energy. You may have difficulty sleeping. You might experience paranoia or hallucinations. You could feel detached, have a difficult time coping with daily problems or stressors. Maybe you have difficulty relating to others. You may feel extremely angry or hostile. You might notice notable changes in your eating habits, or you may even have suicidal thoughts. In addition, many people who deal with a mental health disorder also experience physical symptoms that we don't often think about, like stomach pains, back aches, headaches, and other aches and pains that are just of unexplained origin that your doctor or healthcare provider can't determine or pinpoint where these aches or pains came from. So all of those are different signs and symptoms of potential mental health disorders. Now let's take a look at the numbers. <laughs> the statistics around mental illnesses are staggering. In Canada alone, the chances of having a mental illness in any given year are one in five while the chances of having a mental illness or substance abuse problem is one in three. And by the time a Canadian has reached the age of 40, there is a 50% chance that they either have or had or currently have a mental health disorder. That's one out of every two people by the time they're 40. Another 
um, staggering statistic is the fact that 70% of mental health issues actually begin in childhood or adolescence. Young people from the age of 15 to 24 are more likely to experience a mental illness or a substance abuse problem than any other age bracket. Another interesting statistic is that men are more likely to experience addiction issues than women, but women have higher rates of anxiety and mood disorders than men. As much as 67% of a city's homeless population has reported dealing with a mental illness. And on top of all of this, there is a considerable connection between physical health and mental health. People who deal with chronic pain or other long-term medical conditions also have a much greater risk of experiencing a mood disorder like depression. And of course, the converse is also true. People who happen to be dealing with a mood disorder are also more likely to develop a long-term medical condition. So what can we do to support our mental health and be better prepared should we face troubled times? Well, the best thing to do is by being proactive, by looking after our mental health now. How do we do that? Well, because a mental illness or a mental health disorder affects how we think, feel, behave, or interact with others, maintaining good mental health is vital. So here are some tips on how to maintain good mental health. First, get moving. Absolutely, exercise has been a proven way to reduce depression, anxiety, negative moods, and it can promote overall good health. As a bonus, it can also improve self-esteem and boost cerebral blood flow to enhance cognitive function. So all of those are great reasons to um, get up, get moving, and avoid sitting for long periods of time. Another tip is to drink sensibly. Everything we put in our mouths or our body is a choice. For the most for the most part, for most people, there's nothing wrong with the occasional alcoholic beverage. However, people with a mental illness are often prone to addictive behavior. So if you happen to know something like alcohol might trigger undesirable behavior in you or lead you down a slippery slope, then you might be better off without. Another tip is to stay connected. And I'm not necessarily talking about uh, connected to the web. I'm talking about connected to other people. It's important to know that you have a strong support system around you. It's full of people who love and care for you, people who are concerned about your health. So surround yourself with these people and stay connected to them. Go for a walk together, share a meal, chat on the phone. Whatever you do, just don't lose touch with others. Why? Because isolation and feeling alone can be a killer. Another good tip is to talk about it. Talking about your feelings can help you maintain a good mental health as well. So if you're struggling, find someone you can trust who you can talk to and open up to, even if that means reaching out to a professional. Don't let problems or negative thoughts build to the point where they become overwhelming. It can be helpful to just have a sounding board and someone to help you deal with any type of troubled times or issues that you might be going through. 
The next tip is to ask for help. So this is an important one, is just realize you do not have to navigate the world on your own. When tasks feel overwhelming, don't be afraid to ask for support. Be gentle with yourself. Having a solid support system you know you can rely on will make things easier and a little less overwhelming. Plus, there is no shame in asking for help. Another tip is to set a schedule. This may seem or sound very simple, but maintaining a schedule or a routine can also help keep things predictable and manageable. This, this is important because our brains like routine and safety. So people who tend to struggle with a mental illness often benefit from, from creating and sticking to some kind of a routine. Another tip is to focus on what you like. Focus your time and energy on things that you enjoy and that you can also do well. It can give you something to look forward to and boost your self-esteem at the same time. Participating in activities you enjoy can also boost serotonin levels, which can help keep you happy and motivated. And lastly, accept your uniqueness. We are all different. Be proud of and accept who you are. Don't compare yourself with others, but rather focus on you and what you do well. When we feel good about ourselves, we're much more likely to have a higher self-esteem and greater confidence to learn new things, to explore new surroundings, and to make new friends, just to put ourselves out there. Plus, having greater self-esteem will enable us to better cope with life's speed bumps as they arise. Oh, of course, eat well. <laughs> there is a strong link between how we feel and what we eat. So if we focus our diet on healthy, whole, nutrient-dense, and delicious foods, these are the foods that are loaded with vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and protein that help keep our blood sugar levels stable and our brain balanced. And if you're not sure what this looks like or where to start, an excellent place to begin is just by adding a variety of fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, wild fish, ample pure water, and quality sources of proteins to your diet. For more ideas on what to feed your brain, you can definitely check back next week as we dive further into foods that support proper, proper brain health and that might help you regain control over your mental wellness. And of course, if you need nutritional support when dealing with either a mental illness or any other kind of illness, I'm here for you. If I can help you or a loved one with your nutritional needs, feel free to contact me or make an appointment with me today. No one is immune to mental illness. Any one of us in any circumstance or any time of life may experience a mental illness. But making an effort to support your mental wellness can go a long way in helping you navigate life should a mental illness present itself. Despite lingering stigmas that are still around in society, really a mental illness is no one's fault. It's also not a sign of weakness. It is like any other illness, just that, an illness. 
And as such, a mental illness is manageable. And in many cases, with the appropriate care, it can be treatable. So please take control of your health, both physical and mental, and seek out support if you struggle with either. Thanks for listening. As always, I welcome your thoughts and I value your feedback. Let me know what you think by placing a comment under this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay well and take good care of your mental health.